understanding the down payment. Down payment is a word we use a lot when we buy property. Is that right? When you buy a property, when you buy a house, and sometimes when you buy a car. So down payment is the word that is used in our Bible referring to our salvation and also referring to our inheritance in Christ Jesus. Now, but before I go into the down payment, it's important that we look, in, we look at two very powerful words. If I can ask you to look at Psalm 51 verse 5, Psalm 51 verse 5, the two very powerful words that we need to know this morning, one is ransom, the other one is bail. So if you look at Psalm 5, uh, Psalm 51 verse 5, behold, I was shapen in iniquity. That's referring to a baby in the womb of his mother or her mother. This is David, so it's his mother. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So a person, according to the Bible, every person is born in sin. So every person is born a sinner. And it is generational. Okay, every person is conceived in sin and born a sinner. What's that sin? It's the sin of unbelief. It's the sin of not knowing God, not knowing his ways. It's the sin of trusting in yourself more than you trust in God. It's the sin of not resisting the devil's temptation, but easily caving in. So this is generational sin started from the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So this sin is in the human nature when you are born. It's in the human nature to live by himself, to rely on himself, to be independent from God. So until we are saved and delivered from this sin, we'll continue our road of rebellion against God and independence from God. And let me ask you a question. How can you, what can you do for a criminal who has been sentenced to lifetime imprisonment? What can you do for a criminal who had been sentenced to lifetime imprisonment? Can a criminal help another criminal? Can a person who is already in jail set a prisoner free? Yes or no? No. Can a person who is already sinning help someone who is deep in sin? No. And that's why God had given us Jesus, the only person who is without sin. Another very important question that we need to look at is, what can you do for a criminal who is about to face court? So the person had been arrested and he's about to face court and is about to be sentenced to put into life imprisonment. What can you do for that criminal who is about to face court? You can bail him. Out. What is a bail? A bail is the price that you pay for the conditional release of a defendant with the promise that you will bring him back to court on the date. That's a bail. 
So if somebody gets in trouble with the police, you can pay a bail and you bail that person out. But the condition is that that person must appear in court on the court date. Another very important word that we need to know is the word ransom. What is ransom? Ransom is the money. It's the price paid for the freeing of a captive, a hostage. So that means when I pay the ransom, that person is completely free. He doesn't have to go back to prison or go back to court anymore. Let me ask you a very important question. Did Jesus bail you out or did he ransom you out? One more time. Ransom. What's the difference? You don't have to face court anymore. You are free. And so many Christians don't understand that. And they go from trouble to trouble because they think that Jesus has simply bailed them out. So if Jesus has only bailed you out, you have to go back to court again. Understand that whatever God does is thorough. He's very thorough. He does, he does not just treat you. He doesn't just give you symptomatic treatment. It's not symptomatic treatment that you have received from the Lord. It's salvation that you have received from him. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. Amen. So how many of you are free? How many of us are free? Yes. Amen. I want to show you a very, very important scripture. It's Romans chapter 6, verse 6 in the Living Bible. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 in the Living Bible. Can we, are we able to show the Living Bible? Yes. Uh, that's the Living Bible. Yes. Okay, let's read from there. Your old evil desires were nailed to the cross with him. That part of you that loves to sin was crushed. And totally wounded. So that your sin loving body is no longer under sin's control. No longer needs to be a slave to sin. Glory be to God. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to read this and read this until it sinks into your spirit. Until you completely possess the scripture. I believe that every scripture is for us to possess. That's why you can't just read it once. You can't just listen to a sermon once. You need to get it and get it and get it and get it. That the devil can't take it from you anymore. That's how you're sure of your healing. That's how you're sure that you're not a sinner anymore. Though I fall, I shall arise. All the adversities become my training. The word of God is spoken to me. And the word of God is for me. If God is for me in his word, who can be against me? We cannot live by our feelings. Feelings come up and down. People can be easily provoked and offended. We must live by biblical principles. We must live by the word of God. And that's what keeps you strong and firm. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. So God sets you free from compulsive 
sinful, from a compulsive, sinful nature. Come on, say it together with me. God had set me free from a compulsive, sinful nature. Don't just look at the behaviors. The behaviors are just symptoms, manifestations. Look at the root. Pluck out the roots. Pluck out the roots. Pluck out the roots. Don't be discouraged by symptoms. As soon as the roots are plucked out, the symptoms will die. That's how Jesus cursed the fig tree. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Freedom from a compulsive, sinful nature. Amen. We are not living a humanistic, godless life. No, we are living a spirit-filled, godly life. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. We have to stop being human. Humanism is from the devil. Humanism crowns men. But Christianity crowns Jesus. Jesus is more than a man. He is the son of God. How many sons of God do we have here? How many sons and daughters of God do we have here? Amen. Hallelujah. So your autonomy, that's the difference between a bail and a ransom. Your autonomy has been given back to you by the price that Jesus paid for you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So you need to believe in who you are in Christ Jesus. No matter how many times you've fallen, no matter how the accuser of the brethren condemns you and accuses you, it doesn't matter. The key is, though I fall, one more time, though I fall, one more time, though I fall, I shall arise. That's the key. I know and I know who I am. Come on, say to yourself, I know. And I know who I am. Say with me, I know. And I know where I'm going. Amen. Hallelujah. What's strong in you will defeat the devil. So focus on that. Focus on what's strong in you. And train yourself to be strong. Don't be discouraged by the pettiness of life. Amen. We need to understand that the ransom has been paid. For your freedom. You need to know that. You need to understand that. And what's most important, you need to activate it. Say with me, activate. One more time, activate. How do you activate your freedom? By speaking it. How do you activate your freedom? By speaking it. Confessing it. Speaking it. Confessing it. That's what praises and worships That's what praise and worship is about. What is singing? Singing is speaking. Singing is speaking. Speaking with the music. Speaking in rhythm. Why? Why did God, you know, put in praise and put in worship? It's not so that people can calm down and relax and listen to the rest of the sermon. No. (laughs) No. It's so that we can speak the word only. Speak the word only. So that we can praise the Lord. So that we, we, we can worship God. So that God can transform you as you worship. So that God can bless you as you praise Him. Why? Because when you're praising, when you're worshiping, you're singing. Synchronizing with him. How can two walk together except they agree? 
argue with my spouse. I don't want to argue with this. I don't want to argue with that. Why? Why do we argue? Because we haven't come to an agreement. Where's our agreement? Our fellowship is in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's our agreement. Can we say amen? And as we agree in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we walk together. And where the brethren and the sisters are walking together in unity, there God commands his blessings. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So say to the person next to you, activate your freedom. Once you have activated your freedom, then you shift your place of residence. The place of residence is very important. There are many people that love to come to migrate to Australia because of the freedom. So once you have activated your freedom, you shift your residence from the kingdom of darkness, which is controlled by the devil himself, to the kingdom of light. Governed by Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So there are many Christians because they don't understand that. So all the time they think that and they're praying for Jesus to just bail them out, bail them out. And not knowing that, no, you don't want just to be bailed out. You want to be ransomed. And Jesus had already done that for you. So you activate your freedom. Not only do you activate your freedom, you must Change your place of residence. You no longer live in sin. You don't live in a sinful world. You live in the kingdom of righteousness. That's where you live. That's where you function. That's where you stay. Amen. Come on, say to yourself, I live in the kingdom of righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And after you have shifted your place of residence. Now, when we talk about down payment, we're talking about a property. We're talking about a house. So in your house, there are many rooms. Okay? In your house, there are many rooms. And Jesus had already ransomed your house, your body, your residence. And then you change your place of residence to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. But the devil still want to hang on to some of your rooms. The devil still wants to hang on to some of the rooms that you have in your house. It can be your bedroom. It can be your study room. It can be your living room where there's the TV going on 24-7. It can be your computer room. So the devil wants to hang on to your rooms, but what do we do? We can transfer the ownership of our rooms to Jesus. Transfer the ownership of our rooms to Jesus. I'm transferring my living room to Jesus. I'm transferring my study room to Jesus. I'm transferring my kitchen to Jesus. I'm transferring my computer room to Jesus. I'm transferring all of my rooms to Jesus. Can we say amen? It's your choice. It's up to you. It's your choice. It's up to you. Amen. So we talked about ransom, meaning that your free will had been given back to you. Now you can choose. Now you can take perfect ownership 
of your life. Say to the person next to you, take ownership of your life. One more time, take ownership of your life. You have been ransomed, so stop living like a victim. Stop living like a captive. You are not. You are not a captive anymore. Can we say amen? The freedom has been restored back to you. Come on, say to yourself, I can choose now. One more time, I can choose now. Let's look at Romans chapter 6 verse 16. Romans 6, 16 in the King James. Romans 6, 16. Know you now that to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, that's eternal death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Now here the word is yield. Yield. It's not the word labor. So that means there are voices that talk to you, tempting you to sin, tempting you to be ugly, tempting you to be mean, tempting you to drink, tempting you to fornicate, tempting you to gamble. So what is your part? What is my part? It's to choose not to yield. That's referring to our choice. So the word of God is telling us when we yield to the devil, we become a slave to the devil. When we yield to God, we become a bond servant of God. So whoever you yield to most, that's whom you serve most. If you only yield to God once a, a week on a Sunday, then you only serve God once out of seven days. But if you yield to the devil five days out of a week, you're yielding to the devil a lot more than you're yielding to God. And guess what? You will get whom you yield to. And God wants to help you, but the Lord says, I can't. Because he or she willingly chooses to yield to the enemy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. So now to, to clarify and help us, let's understand what down payment is. Understanding down payment. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 22 in the King James. 2 Corinthians, 20, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 22. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 22. Now it is God. Uh, can we have King James, please? Yes. Now he which establishes, he which establishes us with you in Christ, and has anointed. So two things: established and anointed. Has established us and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed. Come on, say with me, sealed sealed us and given the earnest, say with me, earnest of the spirit in our hearts. The word earnest is the word down payment. 
The word earnest is the word down payment. You can see that again in Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. Now, some of you may think that this is getting too difficult. If you want to buy a house, you need to know this. You need to know everything you need to know about down payment. How much more if you want God's blessings? God is not cheap. Don't cheap. Don't treat God like a cheap bull. He's very expensive. He's, he's even greater than the president, than the prime minister. How many of you know that if you want the prime minister to help you, the first thing is if you can even get to him. God is very expensive. We need to honor him. We need to give him time. We need to know him and understand him. So if you look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14. Which is the which is the earnest, the same word earnest, which means down payment. The earnest of our inheritance, that means God has given you a down payment for your inheritance. A down payment for your inheritance. Well, I don't quite understand. What do you mean down payment? Down payment is the money which in purchase is given as a pledge, a guarantee that the full amount will subsequently follow. So if I've put a down payment for the property, I will make sure that I will give the rest of the payment in order that house becomes fully mine. That's why it's so important to understand down payment. So God has given us the down payment, who is the Holy Spirit, to guarantee that he will give us what he has promised to give us. To guarantee that he will take us as his sons and daughters, as the package, the promise that has been given to us. What is down payment? Down payment is part of the purchase money given in advance as security for the rest. So if God has done something for you as a down payment, he's telling you that for sure he'll do the rest for you. The scripture says what he has started in you. Let's say you have received healing once. Let's say you've received healing twice. Or you have received prosperity once. So the word of God says what he has started for you, he will continue and finish. That's where our faith is. That's the importance of down payment. Well, let me have a question for you. Okay. So... Isn't it true that even if you have paid your down payment, the house is not yours till you have paid in full? Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Even though you have paid your down payment, the house is not yours till you have paid in full. All right, let me ask you another question. Didn't God pay for us in full? How did he pay for us? 
through Jesus. Through Jesus. So let me ask you a question. Now, please answer me honestly. Are you practically, fully his? Practically? Are you fully, practically his? No. No. God has paid for your life in full. Yet we are not fully his. Why? Because it's by choice. Positionally, he has paid for you in full and you should be fully his. But practically, we are not giving him 100% of our time, which is our life. You can still doubt, question, not acknowledge. You can still ignore him, dishonor him, even renounce him. You can still be cheated out of his ownership of you. You can still believe the devil. You can still be distracted by the world. You can still be after this and after that and just give him no time. That's why. We must pray for ourselves. That's why we must make intercessions for the backsliders. The Bible tells us our positional truth, but you possess what you do every day, practically. God blesses your marriage. But whether your marriage is truly blessed or not is up to you. Isn't that true? God has paid for us fully, but he does not possess us. He lets us choose. So you may still choose to leave my bedroom to me. Please don't take it. Leave my TV room to me. Please don't take it. That's why the word of God says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So what is the down payment? How does it work? Well, the down payment, the Holy Spirit allows us to have the right to our sonship identity. We are the sons of God. The down payment, the Holy Spirit, gives us the power to submit to God, to resist the devil. The down payment, the Holy Spirit, gives us the nature of being a child of God, crying out, Abba, Father. The down payment, the Holy Spirit, guarantees for us the full payment to come, our inheritance. The down payment, the Holy Spirit, guarantees our inheritance in Christ Jesus. So going back to the concept that you are a house. So when you buy a house, even with the down payment, with the down payment, you don't own it. Because you've only paid the down payment. But God had paid the down payment. At the same time, he had also paid in full. But he allows us to run our life with our free will. 
So after I've bought a house with a down payment, I get to know my house. There will be plans that will be sent to me. I get to have a better look at my house. I get to look at my house, right? So let's imagine that we are God's house, okay? Can I ask you to imagine that with me for a while? So being the house with the down payment, God gets to visit us. God gets to come to see us because we are his house. So he gets to come to see us and I get to know my owner, the owner of this house. And I get to know that my owner loves his house. He takes good care of his house. He actually glorifies his house. He equips his house. He fortifies his house so that no thieves can break in. No sickness can harm my body. And I realize that my owner loves to put treasures in this house, in me. He puts gold and silver and all sorts of beautiful treasures in his house. And he loves this house. He comforts this house. He speaks to his house. He allows his presence to visit his house. He communicates with his house. So as, a, as his house, I love him. I love to have my owner to come and visit me. I love to have my owner to come and actually visit every, every one of my room. Because my owner glorifies me. And I notice after my owner has visited me, Time again and again, I start to shine. This house becomes glorified. It starts to shine. The glory starts to descend. And I notice that my owner even loves my garden. My owner will plant beautiful trees in my garden. And this house starts to become fruitful. This house starts to attract other people to come and have a look at me. So I say to my owner with all of my heart, please come take full possession of this house. I want to be your house. Please come and take me. I want to give you all of my rooms. I want to give you every part of this house. Would you do that? Would you like that to happen to you? Would you say to the Lord, please own me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet? That's what the down payment will do for you. So Jesus paid the price for your new life. The Holy Spirit, who is the down payment, he walks with you on earth to obtain the full Prize, P-R-I-Z-E, that God has prepared for you. And life can get better and better and better, and the best is still to come. Amen. Hallelujah. So the down payment, the Holy Spirit, is given to us so that we can cash our inheritance. What's the point of holding a check 
that you can't cash. There are many Christians, they think that you can't cash that check until you've gone to heaven. You can't have health and healing until you've gone to heaven. You can't have prosperity until you've gone to heaven. You can't have joy until you've gone to heaven. No, no, Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high, who is the Holy Spirit, who is your down payment, who helps you to cash the check that God God has put in your hand. That's the reality of our salvation. That's the reality of Christianity. Anything other than that is religion. Because God wants you to be strong where you are, where the battles are raging. How many of you understand what I'm saying? How can you fight and win your battles if you're not strong? How can we win and fight our battles if every one of us is sick? How can we win and fight our battles if every one of us is poor and you need a job 24-7, seven days a week, and you're making money, money, money. You know, you need the money, money, money. No, God wants to provide for us so that you don't have to toil. You don't have to work seven days a week. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Is there a price, P-R-I-C-E, is there a price to pay for the price, P-R-I-Z-E, that God gives to you? Yes or no? Yes. Say with me, my price for his price. Not the price of sickness, poverty, accidents, and death, because Jesus never suffered from that. Instead, he saved his people from sickness, poverty, and accidents, and death. Not the price of your salvation, because Jesus paid the price for your salvation. Not the price of your health, because Jesus paid the price to give you health and healing. That's the crucifixion. So our salvation and healings are free, for they have been paid for. But what's the price that we have to pay? We need to pay the price of time. We need to give God our time. We need to pay the price of fellowship. We need to have time with God. We need to pay the price of faith. We need to get into the word, to get into the faith. We need to pay the price of obedience, even when you don't want to obey. We need to pay the price of serving God. Take ownership of your church. Your church is where you can serve him. You need to pay the price of serving God. Pay the price of servanthood. Pay the price of being God's stewards when it comes to your health and to your money and your time. Pay the price of prayers and fasting. A lot of Christians think that Pastor Dora can pray better, so just let her do all the praying. No. I love to do all the praying because I will benefit. But you need to pray. It's a price that we need to pay. Say to the person next to you, pay the price of praying and fasting. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Didn't Jesus pay all the price that I just mentioned that we had to pay? Did Jesus pray and fast? Did he pay his time? 
Did he pay for his fellowship with the Father? Yes. He paid all of those that we mentioned just now. So we have to do the same. And when we do the same, we'll obtain the fullness of his reward. Now, I know we're talking about grace. Grace and reward, they are not contradictory. The Bible has a lot uh, to say about being stewards, uh, about being a giver. Remember the word of God says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible has a lot of parables about being good stewards. The Bible has the scripture that says, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. And the Bible has a lot to say about um, uh, serving, serving, serving God, about sowing. The Bible says that if you do not sow, you do not reap. So let me ask you, Christianity, is it like uh, God does everything, I do nothing? Is it like that? Is that what grace is about? No, no. It's about sowing and reaping. How can I reap if I don't sow? How can God give me blessings if I don't give? How can God bless me if I don't bless his church? How can God help me if I don't help people? How can God bless me if I don't pray for people? How can God build my family if I don't pray for my husband? I don't pray for my wife. I don't pray for my children. Nothing is automatic. Because it's not God's life, it's your life. God cannot do it for you. He won't. Because he's not living your life. You must live your life. Isn't that true? Come on, lift up your hands with me and say, I live my life responsibly and wisely. Amen. So here comes the second one. My activation for his manifestation. Just now we mentioned that you need to activate the ransom. When the devil attacks you, tell him, I'm not addicted to sin anymore. Jesus has already ransomed me. I tell you, the devil will flee from you seven ways. God needs your mouth. Say to the person next to you, God needs your mouth. God needs your tongue. Speak the word only. Speak, 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 declare, speak. Now, I understand that when the devil attacks you, when the devil attacks you, that's the time that you don't want to speak. Because what you know what he's doing? He's trying to shut you up. But that's the time you need to speak. So don't go by your feelings. Can we say amen? Say with me, my activation for his manifestation. One more time, my activation for his manifestation. Amen. Listen to this. God is saying, yes, I had put down my down payment. I had put a down payment for this person. I have ransomed his life. Listen to the heart of God. But I need this person to truly want to be mine. I don't take over. I don't boss. I love those who love me. Those who seek me early shall find me. I rule over those who choose to submit to me. 
I protect those who run to me for protection. I heal those who look to me for healing. I provide for those who rely on me for provision. I will be the Lord to those who want to be truly, totally, completely mine. I will manifest myself to those who want to be like me. Do you get the heart? Do you get the heart? He loves those who love him. He will be totally yours if you are totally his. And that's why the Holy Spirit has been given to us to move us. To move us to yearn for him. To move us to desire him. To move us to want to know him. To move us to be like, to want to be like him. So lift up your hands and say, Holy Spirit, move me. Move me. Thank you, Jesus. The next one, my devotion for his passion. God wants you to be passionate about him because he wants to be passionate about you. So it's not a duty, it's not a task, but it's a heart of love, a heart of appreciation. His love for my love and my love for his love. Deep calleth unto deep. Can we say amen? So say with me, my devotion for his passion. One more time. My devotion for his passion. The last one. My consecration for his trust. I want to clarify this, that God loves everybody, but he can't trust everyone. Trust is very precious. It takes time to know somebody. It takes time to observe and know someone. It takes time before God can trust us. He loves us, but he doesn't have many that he can trust. We can worship him and praise him and pray, but when there is a conflict of interest, whenever there is a conflict of interest, when we have to choose between ourselves and God, when we have to choose between my family and God, when we have to choose between the world and the kingdom, when we have to choose between money and being dependent on God, whom will I choose? When it seems like God is not answering my prayers, do I still love him? Do I still trust him? Do I still believe in him? My consecration for his trust. Say with me, my consecration. For his trust. Trust you with what? Trust you with his weapons. Trust you with his weapons. If you are not mature, God would not put a machine gun in the hand of a child. Because the child would love to play with it. And bang, 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 bang. <laughs> and if we are not trained in the area of divine love, when we hate somebody, we take up the gun and start shooting. So say with me, my consecration for his trust. 
How can we be consecrated? What do you mean by consecration? Does it mean I don't put on makeup? No. To be consecrated means to live according to his word. His word comes before my feelings. His word comes before my benefits. His word comes before my convenience. His word comes before my pride. Let me tell you, church, pride is a big thing. A lot of people don't serve God because of pride. A lot of people won't humble themselves because of pride. Pride is a big thing. My consecration for his trust. One more time. My consecration for his trust. Amen. So shall we go through them? Number one, my prize for his prize. Together, one, two, three. My prize for his prize. My activation for his manifestation. My devotion for his passion. My consecration for his trust. Is that okay? Shall we refresh our memory? Do it one more time. Yes? Shall we train our brain? Yes? Let it go. (laughs) My prize for his prize. My activation for his manifestation. My devotion for his passion. My consecration for his trust. So finally, let me give you the scriptures. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 21 to 22, the living Bible. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 21 to 22. If you can go to, yes, it is this God who has made you and me into faithful Christians and commissioned us. uh, Sorry, is this the right one? Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 21 to 22. Uh, Is this the living Bible? Maybe. Okay. Can I read from you what I have? The living Bible. How come this living Bible is different from mine? (laughs) Okay. Maybe I haven't got to the part that I wanted to say. Maybe it's the verse number. Okay. So he has put his brand upon us. His mark of ownership and given us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as guarantee. Yes, this is the one. 22. He has put his brand upon us, his mark of ownership and given us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as guarantee that we belong to him. And as the first installment of all that he is going to give us. Isn't this awesome? Isn't this awesome? That's the down payment. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. I know we read this before, but let's finish with this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14, the living Bible. We were marked... As belonging to Christ by the Holy Spirit who long ago had been promised to all of us. Amen.
So what is the down payment? Who is the down payment? The Holy Spirit, His presence, His grace, His presence within us, the grace that has been given to us. Amen. That's the earnest, the down payment. The Holy Spirit is the presence, is the grace of God on earth. That's why he's called a down payment, because he had been paid from heaven to come to the earth so that we can have the presence of heaven and the grace of heaven on earth. Amen. So what do I do? I devote, commit, consecrate myself to follow the Holy Spirit. Amen. To live by his word, his grace, and his presence. What's the result? You become unbeatable. You become more than a conqueror. You become a kingdom warrior. Can we say amen? Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Every eye closed, every head bowed.